0: no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply on off the hook sports.com your home for real news real opinions and what really matters about tennessee athletics the off the hook podcast at off the hook or facebook youtube twitter or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts apple podcasts spotify stitcher google play tune in like share follow subscribe off the hook with dave hooker starts now how about
1: this Atlanta edition with my guy Chris Landry, as it is SEC Media Days. No, this is not the College Football Hall of Fame, but it is my Airbnb. So uh, breakfast is actually cooking, and uh, we're up and rolling for SEC Media Days, and excited to do it. It's a Chris and I were talking, and please like and subscribe if you want more Tennessee Balls content. We've got it rolling at YouTube, and I'm telling you. You will get notifications of great interviews with guys like Chris Landry, who knows more about football than I could ever dream. at LandryFootball.com. So, like and subscribe. But, Chris, I know this is a little outside your wheelhouse. You're uh, more of an evaluator behind the scenes type of guy. So, you really don't care what you guys say at press conferences because you know a lot of it's bull. But uh, ultimately, you said you will be interested to see. What two things before we get to Hendon Hooker and your thoughts on him as a player who will visit Atlanta this week?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, the the normal thing is, well, guys have had this is just fill in the blank. It's 14 schools had best off we've probably had since I've been here. Perfect. Uh, you know, everybody's good, they're coming together, and it's all that. I am curious to see how the questions come to Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher particularly Jimbo Fisher, because, you know, Nick Saban has a tendency to kind of put that down. But Jimbo Fisher, I think the media knows is (laughs) hot-headed. So I think they're going to – so Jimbo again, you know, but I think there'll be less about the football team. And I'm curious to see how that's weighed. Maybe – and maybe you can tell me. I I don't think they silence the media, but if they try to – you know, because it's not just the local guys. Because if it's just the A&M right. media, they're, they're not going to, you know, you, you better you better play nice or, you, you know, whatever. This is going to be, you know, somebody from, you know, Auburn asking about, you know, this or that. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. Other than that, I mean, how well a guy interviews and a player or whatever, you don't get any like, wow, this is coming something out of it. Uh, The the big thing is we're not going to likely have it this year because we had the announcement, the big announcement of USC and UCLA uh, a couple of weeks ago, but this is when we heard about Oklahoma and Texas last year. I don't expect anything like that coming about unless something breaks like, hey, uh, we're going to have, this is the last year of the current playoff system and everybody's on board with the new playoff system and starting in 2023. Unless something like that big happens, I don't think anything big comes out of it. But the Jimbo Fisher-Nick Saban angle is intriguing for obvious reasons.
1: Well, and the Texas, Oklahoma, that did break during SEC media days last year is completely out of uh, left field. I want to ask you about this NIL and the fact that Nick Saban brought up that issue. Could it affect other schools? Because i got a feeling Jimbo Fisher is – I don't know if it's going to be a Xanax or uh, a couple of beers or what, but I think he's going to be chill by design. Yeah, yes. he, he may pop, but I think he's going to try to be chill. Chalk Talk is brought to you by Owl's Nest Barbecue. At Owl's Nest Barbecue, they've got all the supplies that you need, and they're newly expanded and awesome. Owl's Nest Barbecue has the pellets for your pellet smoker. It also has the wood chips for the more traditional, and it has the sauces and rubs that you just can't get anywhere else. Right there in Udawah, Owl's Nest Barbecue. Again, Owl's Nest Barbecue. And don't forget, right next door is Steve Ray's Midnight Oil. That's Steve Ray's Midnight Oil, where you can get your car service, be it tires, be it Michelin, or whatever you need done. So, Chris, could there be, before we get to Hooker too, who I wanted to specifically ask you about, but, I mean, could there be other teams that, because here, I'll just share with you what I heard. I, I heard that, um, and I want to ask Greg Sankey about this, not about specific teams, because I know we want to answer, but, I'd heard that Texas A&M wasn't the only team that Nick Saban was referring to. I've been told that uh, a very personal phone call, which you and I talked about, was made to Sankey about not just Texas A&M, but other schools. And one of those schools might very well have been Tennessee. This is shortly after the Nico Ia Amuleva announcement. So I, um, I, I think it's more likely that of all the SEC schools, somebody else could pop off and say something about NIL. Than Fisher, who's going to be extra guarded. That will be interesting to watch this week.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, for example, when they'll ask that question of every coach, right? I mean, so like Sam Pittman is going to just be the down-home spun, and he's going to probably talk about, things like well we're not gonna do that we're gonna be old school thing and and that may come across as well you know all right well what is Arkansas doing they're not really competing at this level or you know would they give the impression of well we're gonna do it the right way and everybody else is gonna buy players how that's gonna come off and I think you'll get some of that um and you 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 just never know um you know, Lane is somebody that maybe come off with a with a comment here or there, usually a sarcastic one. So yeah, I think you're gonna get a lot of what I call the state of college football question. That's probably the other thing that's interesting. Will they expand on anything about not not with other teams in the league, but just the overall sport, the playoffs, the NIL, how will this affect the state of college football? Listen, Lane has been the most outspoken about The fact that, um, in fact, he's been more outspoken about, you know, NIL, you know, separating schools, the big schools from the others than anybody. Is he going to be kind of subdued? Because I'm sure the commissioner is going to put out word that we're not going to have that anymore. And we're sure as heck not going to have it in our media day when everybody's focused and going to be poked and prodded. So I agree with you. I think it'll be subdued, and I don't think Jimbo's going to spout off or Lane's going to spout off. But I think they're going to be prided, and I'm curious to see how they take it and what they say and how they deal with it.
1: So I specifically, when I ask about Hendon Hooker, one of three players that is invited to Tennessee's media day. Again, like and subscribe. Chalk Talk brought to you today by Al's Nest Barbecue and Steve Ray's Midnight Oil, a proud Michelin distributor. But Hendon Hooker, I like, you know, I like going in broad, especially with you, because I like kind of whittling down some of the, the minutia. But just to start broad, if I've never seen Hendon Hooker play before, give me a thumbnail sketch of what he was last year after coming off the bench. Very effective dual threat quarterback that has a knack
2: for knowing when to run and effectively doing so. Uh, extending a play, extending a series—more um, than design stuff—matured um, quite a bit in his understanding. It's a—it's a perfect example of how people want to define a player on a certain. You know, he was not well progressed at Virginia Tech, but more experience, maturity—he's gotten better. And now, in a quarterback-friendly system where the ball by design comes out quicker, gets the ball to players in space, and they make a lot of plays, big plays, and, and he's, he's worked well in it. Um, he has, um, I think, can improve a little bit in identifying coverages. I think this is something that's a little, again, by design simplifies things um, in this offense. So I think for his development, not not just for Tennessee, but going forward, because I do think he has some pro potential. Now, seeing the vertical coverage is a little quicker, getting the ball to open spots vertically versus cover two looks when they see him a little bit better. Uh, ball placement is is okay, but it can get better with that. Uh, a guy that's really progressed nicely, and we've talked about it. I mean, I think there's uh, he'd certainly be in the top three going into the season of quarterbacks in the SEC that, A, got the most experience and yet has the talent level to display it. And that doesn't mean he's going to be one of the three best in the course of the year. That that That's the season to determine. But right now, other than the kid at Alabama, the kid at Arkansas, um, he's right there in that group, but probably in the second or third, however you want to rank him which doesn't mean anything but it gives you an indication of what they have coming back at least.
1: Yeah, um interesting, you know, Bryce Young is <clears throat> certainly the Heisman winner. It's kind of tough to go against him. But you you mentioned uh, Casey Jefferson. Um how would you compare the two? Who would you take if you were going to pick a quarterback K- to lead your team tomorrow? KJ Jefferson. KJ. I don't, want,
2: me. I don't want to mention I hate saying this because it, it, it's overtaken. Okay, He's the closest thing to Cam Newton since Cam Newton in this conference. He's wow. big, strong, athletic. I think Hennon's a little bit better. It, it's a passing offense, whereas KJ, there's a running offense. So they're different. Uh, it's really not a comparison. It's a contrast of styles but KJ Jefferson can take over a game more because it's an offense in which they're going to rely upon him to do that. The success throwing the football is due to the fact that you have to overplay the run and you have to defend an extra guy in the run game. When you play Arkansas, he's not Cam Newton folks. He's the closest thing to it since him looks like him built like him. They play it like him and Kendall Browles does a really good job with that tempo spread run offense. I think he's really effective. Hendon is more of a distributor that can run, and they're more about getting multiple guys open in routes. That's that's not what Arkansas does. Um, Tennessee's more built around spacing and attacking and coverage underneath routes. Uh, Arkansas is more about the run game setting up the pass game, whereas
1: Tennessee's the opposite. Again, go to LandryFootball.com, LandryFootball.com. Well worth the uh, price of admission if you want to know more about football and impress your fellow football friends. And be sure and like and subscribe because we visit with Chris at least three times a week. So we definitely want you to be able to get that on the YouTube and uh, check it out. So uh, Chris uh, Hendon Hooker, his next step in development. What will you know after watching a month to see if he's taking uh, a little step in his improvement or a major leap? What, what kind of things do you look for in month one? Well, I'm, I'm curious to see how
2: he adjusts to the adjustment. So as people are going to play this Tennessee offense, you're going to see them with greater preparation and understanding of how to defend it, uh, kind of keeping plays underneath, how to attack vertically. How to be able to have better coverage recognition early in the drop to be able to maybe attack it vertically? Because I think that as people sit on the underneath stuff, um, there's going to be vertical chances, and they've got um, uh, they've got some vertical threats. One in particular that's very very difficult. So to defend, so how to be able to identify it quicker and attack it more vertically? is going to be key. So I I think that is something that they've got a multi-pronged element to their offense, but it only works if you can identify what to use on a given play, and it's not just about people talk about play con. Why do they call that play? Well, they're not really, particularly in this offense, not calling plays. They're giving options, and the options are based upon coverage recognition. So it's not, well, they call that play. No, they didn't call that specific play. They have a couple of built-in play calls based upon the coverages. How accurately can you make your pre-snap read? And then the post-snap read, which is the biggest thing and the more difficult thing because it's in motion, not only the quarterback recognizing it, but obviously the receiver making the side adjustment, which is simply changing the route. Well, your coverage is different. You're now in cover two. Now you've got to run the slant. Does the quarterback and the receiver both see it the same way? Because when the ball goes, where <laughs> you say, Well, what was he doing? That is somebody read it. They they read it the route, the coverage differently. That's why you know, one guy, yeah, well, he wasn't where he's supposed to be. Well, maybe he wasn't, or maybe, but it was a mistake somewhere. So that is what I'm looking for is the recognition skills, because that takes the offense to the different level. The play calls are going to be play concepts, which they they are good and they're sustainable. But it's about do you make the right decision on which one to go with um, by
1: the proper read, and that's that's a you know collective effect. So, is how much of that is on the coaches? making the play call from the sideline and then hooker either pre-snap or during the play, actually reading the defense. Correctly. It's the, it's the latter because the
2: concepts okay. are called, but the key and the coaching point is to coach him, to understand the difference of, so if you've got two pass plays and two run play options on each play, or they call that in, that's a concept you've got. And sometimes they'll call a specific play, Dave, based upon a situation but most of the time it's look if it's this coverage you gotta this is what you need to do if it's that coverage this is what we want you to do so you're teaching concepts you're teaching a guy to understand what where to go he's not calling his play the play concept is given you've got to identify where to go and it could be short to deep it could be underneath, it could be a check down, it could be vertical. I mean, you you get a cover two look pre-snap where the safety rolls down. Well, you got man coverage on the outside. You've got to know to go deep. Well, not only the quarterback has to know it, but the receiver has to know it. Because if the receiver doesn't recognize the safety coming down quick enough, he's not running the nine route. He's still running. He's running the seven route. And well, then the quarterback can't throw that nine route that, that he's checking into if the receiver doesn't see it the same way. So it is coaching, but it's coaching of identifying it properly so that you can make the right decision on what is the best play. Cause you've got good plays coming in, good concepts coming in. What is the best play for that situation is what needs to be coached into it. And that's,
1: that's the key to their system. How good was, Quickly, how good was Hooker at that last year? How much better does he need to get at that?
2: I, I, I think he was pretty good at it. I mean, I, because, again, it's we're not talking rocket science here. I mean, it's – but it's moving parts. Here's the thing that is going to be a challenge, and I think the experience is going to get better. But here's what defenses will do. will delay their looks. They'll give a pre-snap look of a certain coverage gotcha and then they'll move it at the snap but now what you'll do like maybe like you delay a blitz delay a coverage now what's going to be key is people are going to we call either stem the front or move the coverage a little bit later meaning very late so as to you know what we call it so don't we don't want you to read our mail, so we're gonna disguise it, you know? So we're we're gonna camouflage it so you don't can't see it quicker. And if it's just enough to maybe the quarterback sees it from his view, but maybe the receiver doesn't see it because it's far side safety moving over and all of a sudden if they both don't see it the same, the playing will not work. So I think that the challenges of how are the defenses going to do it a little bit differently in preparation for Tennessee and how you're able to adjust to that as a player and as
1: coaches teaching the players. That's going to be the fun thing and the intriguing thing. Uh, he's Chris Landry. Go to LandryFootball.com to learn more. Owl's Nest Barbecue, that's Owl's Nest Barbecue, has everything, including those Green Mountain Grills that are big, fantastic, and beautiful. And also right next door, Steve Ray's. Midnight Oil has Michelin products and will take care of your vehicle. For Chris, I'm Dave. This has been a production of Off the Hook Sports